Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Players Who Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. That's a naked, Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, Ed? Uh, just half naked, no shirt. Ah, very well. So, ladies, enjoy that mental image. Today, we are going to be giving you a preview of the NHL season. We're going to give you our division winners, our playoff teams, who's going to win the Stanley Cup, and more, so much more. Dan, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Everybody else starts off in the Eastern Conference. We're going to start in the West, and we're going to start in the far left West, and that is the Pacific Division, Dan. Uh, We look to see a lot of high scoring and not a lot of defense. These should be some fun games to watch, and some that should come down to the very end. Edmonton is the class of this division. And it looks like we may have some Canadian teams at the top. What is your outlook on the Pacific this year? Um, I think Vegas bounces back. I do think that you said the Pacific. What are you shaking your head? Oh, you're you're just disagreeing with me. I I am disagreeing with you. I think Vegas has a bounce back season. I do think um, Calgary will stay up there. I think Vancouver is going to be a team that we should watch for. Um, And Seattle is going to have a much better season than last year still going to miss the playoffs though now just to let you know the disparity and actually you have them in the playoffs fyi i'm getting ready to change this dan has vegas winning the division i have them not making the playoffs we each have to pick three teams to go into the playoffs from that division i have edmonton calgary and vancouver that's right all canadian teams going into the tournament followed by Vegas, then the three from L.A., and Seattle with the Kings, Ducks, and Sharks finishing 5-6-7th. I do believe the Kings and Ducks will be in the mix along with Vegas in the last few weeks of the season, but only three teams make the playoffs in the Pacific. Dan, what do you got? Um, I have Vegas, Edmonton, and Vancouver with Calgary coming in the wild card. Uh, I think we both may be sleeping too much on the Kings, especially after the season they had. They're going to be a year more mature. So that may be something that we both look back on and are wrong about. And then I have, after Calgary, I have Seattle Kings, Ducks, and the Sharks. There's no way that San Jose is not in the cellar of this base, of this division. Well, you hit the nail on the head with the Kings. They're going to be another year more mature with Jonathan Quick. Another year more mature for a goaltender. Not all of them age the way Mark andre Fleury does. Let's take a look at my home division And that is the home of the Stanley Cup champions, the Central. Now, this is the exact opposite of the Pacific. You're going to get some scoring out of this division, but you're also going to get a lot of great defenders. Colorado can score, but they also have the reigning Norris Trophy winner in Kale McCarr. Um, You're going to see a lot of heavy hockey here, Dan. And outside of Chicago, it's going to be a lot of entertaining hockey. Well, and Arizona, but that's, that's that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, that's a different story for a different day. Um, the ah man, and I wish I could remember the kid's name in Arizona that is like up on the trading block has been for a season. I probably would have butchered his last Half name. Half anyway. But um, th- we have this division pretty well, pretty much the same to be honest with you. This was one that doesn't really surprise me. We both see it this way. Um, so I'll go ahead and run through this. I got the Av Stars and Blues. With the Wild, the Preds, and the Jets just missing out. And then the Hawks and Yotes rounding out the division. And yeah, it, it we do see this division a lot of the same because it's 3-2-3. Three, three. You have three really good teams. You have two good teams. Well, maybe 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. And then you have two abysmal teams. I have the Stars. I'm sorry, the Avs, the Blues, the Stars. The Preds and the Wild are going to be the wild card teams. And then the Jets are going to be there to the end. And then the Hawks and the Coyotes, you can 7 and 7B, I guess, because they they will be in the cellar and they will be bad. Is it 7 and 7B or is it 8A, 8B? Like, there just might not it's be a 7. There just it, might not be a 7th team with how, far this, with how far these two are behind I mean, the rest of the division. It, it's going to shake out with what happens with Patrick Kane. Does he get traded or doesn't he? And and. Because the the rebuilds and you're in full rebuild mode in Chicago. And uh, by the way, I want to say, as somebody who grew up in St. Louis, in Illinois, in the uh, St. Louis metro area, nothing pleases me more than the fact that every single team in Chicago 
outside of the White Sox, sucks. And the White Sox even sucked this year. Well, I mean, the White Sox are probably the best team in that city because the Bears are going to flounder. The Cubs are awful. Can't speak on the Bulls, but I can only hope that they suck. Mm, they're not that the terrible, actually. Well, e- but, either way. Yeah. We may do an NBA preview, and I may eat my words. But, yeah, the ab- the abs are going to roll. Uh, they're also going to win the Western Conference, and they're going to be my pick for the President's Trophy. We'll get to the awards here in a little bit. Let's go over to the Eastern Conference. Let's go to the best division in hockey, and that's the Metro Division. Top to bottom, this is the best division in hockey, mainly because I believe the Atlantic is three teams and everybody else. I got the Rangers, Washington, and Carolina. You got the same three, just in a different order. Pittsburgh's going to be a wild card team for me. Columbus will be in the mix. I think the Islanders are going to struggle. The Devils and their goaltending is going to be abysmal. And the Flyers, John Tortorella has taken over the reins there. He's never good in his first season. And they have a, so many question marks, starting with Carter Hart, finishing in that locker room. There's a lot of bad stuff in the city of brotherly love. Dan, how do you have the Metro? I have the Metro with Carolina, Washington, and the Rangers, Columbus, and Pittsburgh, rounding out the wild card for the East, and then Devils, Islanders, and Flyers to round it out. We both can agree that the Flyers are maybe the worst team in the in the NHL, and they are for sure in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Well, I tell you what, there there's definitely the bottom tier is very defined in the NHL, with the Flyers. The Hawks, the Coyotes, the Sharks, and the Canadiens. They're they're the bad is gonna be bad. It's just a matter of how bad the bad's gonna be. Let's move over to probably the highest top talent in a division in the Atlantic division. Tampa Bay is still the class of this division, followed by the high scoring and very well paid. Toronto Maple Leafs, Florida looks to be right in the mix at the top of that division. You have the aging Boston Bruins, the the young Devils, the young Ottawa Senators, the young Buffalo Sabres, and then you have the Montreal Canadiens. I have them in that order with Boston being the other wildcard team along with Pittsburgh. And I think Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo are going to turn a lot of heads. They're going to be in it till the end, but in the end, it's going to be the leadership and the the veteranness is that a word? Veteran. The veteran, the veteran presence. Sure. Sure. Of uh, Boston and Pittsburgh going into the wild card. Dan, how do you have the Atlantic? I have it as Florida, Florida. I forgot. I can't actually say that. But Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Boston, Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa, and Montreal. Um, I think this is the year that. Boston doesn't make it. I want to say they made the playoffs something like 16 seasons in a row. They've made, they've had a lot of success, but uh, it's it's tough to say. I mean, it's tough to bet against hey, that. Just we'll, like it's tough to bet we'll against get, Pittsburgh, but we'll get to them in our five big storylines. In fact, why don't we do that now? Let's talk about those five big storylines, starting with a team very near and dear to your heart, the Washington Capitals and Alexander Ovechkin. He's probably got two and a half, three years before he gets into Gretzky territory if he stays healthy and if they are good. How many does he get this year? 45. You think he's going to be nearing that 50 goal mark? Yeah, I think he gets 45. I'll I'll give you one better. He's going to lead the league in goals. He's going to win the Rocket Richard Trophy. He's going to score 55, mainly because the chase is on. People are going to want him to do it. It's going to be a lot of the same thing with Aaron Judge hitting 61, which he did last night, and Pujols getting to 700. The story is going to be there. People are going to want to see it, and they already feed him the puck like he's a starving... Well, that's inappropriate, but... Like he's a starving person at a buffet, and they're going to keep doing that. Backstrom ought to be healthy. Yeah, Ovi's going to get... Backstrom has to get healthy in order for... Ovi to, in my opinion, Backstrom has to get healthy in order for Ovi to really have a shot at the the rocket. Yeah, I'm. It's going to be fun to watch. You know, I've I've always had a soft spot for Washington, going all the way back to Adam Oates and Ole Kolzig, like way back in the day. But uh, yeah, he's he's going to score some goals, Dan. 
Have you got your uh, Ovechkin so. jersey yet? Not yet. It's you coming get though. One. Get the old school red one with the with the 1980s Capitals logo with the with the stars. That actually is probably the better one. Oh, it it's sick, dude. Uh, let's move along to storyline number two. Is this the end for the big leadership groups in Pittsburgh and Boston? Bergeron, Marchand, uh, they're they're rounding the bend, and then you got Malkin, Latang, and Crosby. Malkin hasn't been healthy in three years. Crosby's got to stay healthy. Latang hasn't been healthy. Yeah, I think uh, I think Crosby just tripped over a nail or something. Not actually, just saying he's so damn injury prone. Um, I mean, when you're the best, when you've been the best player in the league for so long. That's where that's where this Washington bias comes into play because he hasn't been the best player in the league. Ovi has. It's it's always Ovi. Um, but anyway, I I think it is coming to an end. Maybe not this season, but next. I think this is something that we should try to enjoy as much as we hate these teams because this was two, these were two amazing sets of players that we got to watch for how long, and we should try to enjoy it while we can. Agreed. Now I wanted to ask you about something. You're a basketball guy, right? I am. And Crosby and Ovechkin have always been linked together. They've been the pinnacle of the NHL for um, over a decade. They're right around the same age. One's known as more of a scorer, where one's more of a passer. One plays more of a complete game, where the other one is more of a offensively-minded person. And I got to thinking, and this drew a comparison to me, and I wanted you, I wanted to ask you about it. Magic and Larry Bird. That's that's a very good comparison, really, because, I mean, you can say Crosby is that all around. He's that magic ass player. And then, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a pretty good comparison. I'll give you that. The only difference is I think that. The attitude that Larry Bird had willing to, you know, just throw bones with just about anybody. I mean, he had to he had to. But that's yeah, that's more that's more Sidney Crosby. I, I believe. It, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I was just with, going with, with the all-around, with the all-around playing aspect. With the way he he runs his mouth and and I mean, granted, the crybaby shtick definitely was not Larry Bird, but still, it uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. And and if you want to take it a step further, Crosby and Malkin, I know this is not nowhere close to being as accurate, but it's Jordan and Pippen, or Carl Malone and John Stockton. That may be, that, that might be. I'm just not I, sure. I'm just I don't not know. Sure. Jordan and Pippen might actually be better with the titles they have. So uh, maybe, but uh, anytime you can work in a John Stockton reference, you absolutely need to work in a John Stockton reference. In my opinion, one of the most underrated NBA Hall of Famers of all time. Oh, for sure. Nobody talks about him being in, uh, being in the top 10 greatest players ever and they absolutely should and i think Sidney crosby is going to be a lot of that too where no when crosby's career is done you're going to have a lot of accolades and there's going to be a lot of recency bias no i don't i don't feel that way about crosby because i mean he people are just so loud about him being in top 10 all time if he wasn't canadian people wouldn't people wouldn't well guess it's a good thing he's canadian then huh he is not if I were to build a team of the greatest players of all time, Alexander Ovechkin's on that team. Sidney Crosby's not. I still think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying if I had to build a team, he's not on it. Uh, let's talk about a big name that had been moved. In fact, two of them, the big trade in the offseason to Chuck for and for Huberdu and some other pieces some big pieces as the Chuck will now find his way from into Florida where Jonathan Hubadu will find his way to Calgary now there's Calgary's, of, Calgary's pretty stacked aren't they I mean Florida's not that bad either yeah there no was, absolutely not there was a lot of rumor and innuendo about where the Chuck was going to go one of the landing spots was St. Louis and I'm I'm glad we didn't get him because of what they had to give up to get him down in Florida. 
he he signed a big money deal. He's going to be there for the long haul. Florida was a good team before. I'm not sure they got better with him, but they got a little bit more interesting. (laughs) They're going to sell more tickets. Calgary might have the best line out there, man. With Herberto, Lindholm, and Nazem. Kadri. Yeah, I was saying his first name because I knew I was going to butcher the last. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have my own personal feelings about Nazem Kadri that I'm going to let go. Uh, but yeah, Calgary's going to be good. And that's why I picked them to finish where I did. They're going to give Edmonton a run for their money in that Pacific division. Florida, Florida now has something that I'm not sure Tampa has that I'm pretty sure Toronto doesn't have. And that is a big bag of knuckles that can score. You know, Toronto's all about the scoring. They have their big three with Marner and, and, and Matthews. And you, you know, Tampa's still got Stamkos and Kucherov and, and all them guys. But, uh, Florida's Florida's penalty minutes just went way up (laughs) because if Tuchuk doesn't bring you 150 penalty minutes, what he does will bring other people's penalty totals higher. Yeah. And isn't, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Ekblad one of the best scoring, um, isn't Ekblad one of the best scoring defenders out there? He's, he's damn good. He'll be in the Norris trophy contention. Although, we both have a Norris Trophy winner coming from the state of Florida, just not from that team in Florida. Let's move on to storyline number four. Arizona is going to be in a 5,000-seat arena where their logo will not be at center ice. They do not have schedule preference. They play two Saturday games, I believe, at home all year. Do they sell more tickets than the Blackhawks? No. <laughs> Do they sell out any any games after December? Once the newness of playing at ASU is worn off. Yes, they do sell out. They do sell out games because it's a 5,000 person stadium. And I think the fact of other fans coming in to play well. Um, Chuchurkin? Does that, does that name sound right? Did I say that right? You're oh. laughing. No, how you say it? What's the first name? Jacob. Chitron. Chitron, yes, yes. Chitron was the guy I was thinking of earlier that I expect to get moved. Um, he's asked, he has to been traded. He's been very professional about it. He wanted to get traded at the beginning of last season, and he didn't hold out or anything about it. Um, well, but... let me let me give you a little bit something on on that stadium that they're playing in. The ASU, and I'll get to get you the name of the arena here shortly. Um, seats 5,000 people. Sun, well, it says Sun Devil Football Stadium. Mullet Arena, I believe is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Arizona Coyote CEO. Mullet Arena will be sold out for every single game. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. Are they just uh, going to buy the rest of the tickets so they give them away to college kids so it does sell out every game? Well, I do believe that college kids do get a a discount on the tickets because it's on the campus of ASU. But you, anyway, it's a 5,000-seat arena for hockey, right? West Banco Arena, home of the ECHL Wheeling Nailers, which I can almost see from my front porch here in Ohio. West Banco Arena seats 5,406. An ECHL team, a double A team in Wheeling, West Virginia. Wheeling, West Virginia. Seats more. Now, Wheeling, West Virginia, I believe, has a population of 27,000 people with a metro area around about 85 to 90,000. So, and they have an arena that seats. More people than an NHL franchise. All right, so I'm I'm gonna say here I th- I think they do sell out most of their games. I'm just saying it's it's ridiculous. A metro area population of 145,205 people. Okay. Now, let's look up Phoenix, Arizona, shall we? Because this this just furthers my point on how just 
sad this actually is. Now, Phoenix, Arizona has a population of, God, Wikipedia is terrible to read, uh, population, it is the state capital of 1.6 million people. So about 12, 14 times, something like that, of the metro area of Wheeling, West Virginia. And there's 4,006 more seats in West Banco Arena than where the Coyotes are going to be playing next year. I would say that's pathetic, but I think that redefines the term of pathetic. It's terrible. All right, so I'm going to say this. I think they sell out only because I didn't take this into consideration. Season ticket holders will probably still go. I would have to assume they had more than 5,000 season ticket holders. Season ticket seats. I have to assume that. I mean, how many of them renewed their seats? I, I mean, I don't have that answer, but I'm I'm going to actually assume that Arizona may look like the fullest stadium this year because it only seats 5K. Not a chance. I mean, Toronto sold out. I think every or Montreal sold out every game for like 50 years. I said, and, I said, I think it will look. I didn't say it will be the Toronto is ridiculous. I mean, those Canadian teams, man, they never dot sell out, you know, and then it's. It's going to look full, but it's going to look like you're watching college hockey. Is it worse? Probably. It's not not even a hotbed of college hockey. It's not like they're playing at UMass or South Dakota or Boston. Now, here's a question for you. They can sell out an NHL arena. Now, here's a question for you. Is is college ice the same? Like, are the they are? Okay. The only real difference is, I mean, granted, there is some variation among ice surfaces, and the NHL does allow that according to the rule book. They've tried to make it as standardized as possible, but it's a lot like the baseball diamond where, you know, there's some variation as far as the outfield fences go. It's very it's very minute. It has more to deal with the benches and its center ice. Um, but, yeah, it's not as varied as the KHL or Olympic hockey is. Gotcha. Okay. Those surfaces are drastically different. Or when you go overseas to like the uh, Swedish elite league or stuff like that, that, and I believe the German league's a little bit bigger too. Okay. Okay. There's that kind of stuff, but it's still going to, it's, it's a terrible idea. They're there for three years. And I'm telling you what, if Arizona still has a hockey franchise after those three years are up, Gary Bettman deserves to be publicly flogged. Well, it's because sounds, this is a failure. It sounds like they're not going anywhere. Apparently, the city of Tempe voted five to two earlier in the year to begin formal negotiations with the Coyotes for their arena proposal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see how that happens. happens. Yeah. Uh, the city of St. Louis voted unanimously to talk with the Rams about building a new stadium. And what happened? I mean, it's, the difference was is the owner of the Rams didn't want to stay in St. Louis, and we all knew this. And it sounds like the NHL wants to keep a team in Arizona. That's, that's because the NHL owns the Arizona Coyotes. So. It's, it's ridiculous. The Arizona Coyotes need to move to Houston and be the Houston Arrows as soon as possible. It makes sense strategically it makes sense schedule schedule wise it just it makes so much sense oh dude i'm not arguing with you on that i told you that i think they should move but let's move along to our fifth and final storyline for the season if there if seattle does not make the playoffs can we say that they have failed in their first few years as franchise no it's their second year how many expansion teams make the playoffs within the first two years outside of outside I mean, of the Knights who just exposed the ex- exposed that that system? I mean, the uh, the Blues made it to the Stanley Cup Finals the first three years. Once again, during a flawed system. Yes, but right. I mean, and so that's what got changed. It, it okay. wasn't. The... Um. Let's look this up. Expansion teams making the playoffs in the 
NHL their first year. How have other NHL expansion teams? Okay, so let's see what we have here. Of course, it's an ESPN article, and it's not great. Uh, since 1991, the NHL has added 10 new teams, including the Nashville Predators in 98, the Atlanta Thrashers, who are now the Winnipeg Jets in 1999, the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Minnesota Wild in 2000, but none have fared well as the Golden Knights in their first season. In fact, the Predators are the only one of those four teams to even make the Stanley Cup final. 27 of the 31... 27 of the 31 teams in the league have reached the Stanley Cup final in their history. Only Arizona, Winnipeg, Columbus, and Minnesota have not. It has taken the average expansion team nearly 12 years to get to the Stanley Cup final. I think everybody's viewed was skewed at how good Vegas was because of the flawed expansion draft system. Perhaps. Uh, let's see if I can find another one. Oh, gosh. Wow, that is the exact same article. Okay, so here we go. The first NHL season for the Anaheim Ducks was in 93-94. This is not the stats that I thought it was. Because, yeah, so we're going to go, and I'm going to – I'll track this down for you. But, yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. So, question, Ed. Sure. Is – are the Kraken a failure if they don't make the playoffs this year? Yes. I Why? think they are. For one, there has never been a more lopsided expansion draft process in any sport than there is in the NHL. It is ridiculous. It and was changed at before they drafted, though. I'm just saying Vegas exposed that. Right, and they changed and the whole terrible. system. I just, I, they did, just, and, just that, admit, and that's fine, but just admit, terrible. just admit that it's because you want it to fuck with me. Oh yeah, probably. Um, I did run across something pretty interesting in my quest to find something that I should be able to find easily, but can't. In 1967, 68. The expansion fee for the six teams coming in was $2 million. So the NHL made uh, six, $12 million off Oakland, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Los Angeles, and Minnesota. In 70-71, when Vancouver and Buffalo came in, it got raised to $6 million apiece. So the NHL, once again, made $12 million. The Atlanta Flames, who is who are now in Calgary, and the Islanders also paid Six million apiece. So the NHL in 72 73 made once again 12 million dollars. 74 75, the Kansas City Scouts, who have bounced around and I can't remember where they're at now. That's going to kill me. I want to say they're the Colorado Avalanche. Which one? Yeah, because they, the Kansas City, because they moved to Quebec and then back to, Cal, or to Colorado and Washington. They also paid six million apiece. The NHL once again made 12 million dollars. In 79 and 80, the NHL adopted the Ed, from the WHA, the Edmonton Oilers, the Hartford Whalers, who are now the Carolina Hurricanes, the Winnipeg Jets, who are now the uh, Winnipeg moved to Arizona and became the Coyotes, and the Quebec Nordiques. So I was wrong on the scouts. The scouts went somewhere else, and I can't remember where. The scouts to went to up. Jersey. They are the New Jersey Devils. So there you go. And the Quebec Nordiques, who are now the Colorado Avalanche, they were adopted from the WHA, $7.5 million apiece, so $30 million. In 91-92, the San Jose Sharks, $45 million. In 92-93, Ottawa and Tampa Bay, $45 million apiece. 93-94, the very next year, it was $50 million for Florida and Anaheim. In 98-99, the Nashville Predators paid eighty. million. In 99-00, the Atlanta Thrashers, who are now the Winnipeg Jets, 80. 0001 for Columbus and Minnesota, they paid 80. Now check this out. How much do you think Vegas paid to get a franchise? 150. 500. Holy How much? shoot. <laughs> Three years later, four years later, how much do you think Seattle paid? 
seven fifty. Six fifty. Jesus. So it went from two million dollars fifty five years ago to six hundred and fifty million dollars. If I if I'm an ownership group that has paid six hundred and fifty million dollars for hockey on top of whatever they paid for that arena to fix it up because it was there was issues with the arena on top of all of the stuff that they've had to do marketing wise to bring that team in there and everything else for them to be a last place team again. And maybe it's the fact that it's the Cleveland Browns fan in me that likes chaos and change when the team is bad, but uh, they've already been through a head coach, I believe. No, no, still or no, that's vague. I'm thinking of Vegas. Excuse me. A team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals is already on their second or third coach. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just looking at an article here, and it doesn't. It looks like the only team to really to really win when they first came into the league were the Rangers. Sure about that? Uh, yeah, within the first like five-ish years. Do you know when the Rangers' first season was? Uh, 19 looks like about 1924, 25. Yeah. Do you think the NHL? I mean, obviously they do, but um, pretty sure that doesn't fuck. That doesn't count. Where's so, regular? <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, wow, that's bad. That's not quite what I want, but yeah, here we go. So then I, you're you're making my case even better here. I mean, either way, it's it's whatever, man. I just I don't mean, think I just don't think we can call them a failure just based off two seasons when now. OK, so I will say this. You can consider their first two seasons a failure if they don't take a, a leap forward. They cannot finish in the bottom of the basement. They cannot look like the worst team in the league. They need to they need to be fighting at, at least fighting and somewhat in the playoff talks and having a much better season than they did last year. You grew, there's if grew. Also, Grubauer cannot play anywhere near as bad as he did last year. Oh, agreed. Like, absolutely I, agreed. Like, I just genuinely think that, like, it was almost a perfect storm for them with how bad Grubauer pay, played. Okay, so this is going to be very difficult to figure out. But uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, just to start, when they were the Hartford Whalers, finished 27-34-19 in their first NHL season in 79-80 and made the playoffs. They lost right. in the preliminary round. So I have one expansion team out of the, what, 26 there is? I th I think we can safely say you were just trying to troll me and we can move on. No, no, we're not done with this. Let's let's start with the awards thing and we'll go from there. But I'm I'm going to figure all this out before the show is over with. But uh, go on. Let's start. Let's start with the awards. All right. For the Hart Trophy, I have McDavid winning. Now, I picked mine because I picked mine. I don't know if you use the same criteria. I picked it to where the person that won it last year could not win it this year to have a little bit more fun doing it because it probably very well could be a lot of repeat winners. Oh, absolutely. So. No, I picked mine with my heart. So. So for the Hart Trophy, I have McDavid and, and you have an oiler. Way to cop out. It's not a cop out. It's it's legit. It, if it isn't going to be McDavid, it's going to be Drysaddle. Dry if it isn't going to be Drysaddle, it's going to be McDavid. For the Norris. Now, keep in mind here, I had my stuff covered up. So you could have uncovered it when you filled yours in, but I know you did. I I did not. I did. You're you're, you're a trustworthy guy. Um, oh, we both well, have you. we both have Hedman winning the Norris. Uh, it's going to be a bounce back year from him. He plays for the best team in 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 that division. He is a good player. He's a solid defenseman that can score. He's going to get a lot of name recognition. And I think Kale McCarr is going to go through a slump, you know. Uh, Interesting. I, I was actually getting ready to say the opposite. I think that if I would have not made the stipulations I made, I would be picking McCarr to repeat. It's very hard for a player to win back-to-back -back Norris trophies. That's generally reserved for your once-in-a-generation type defenseman. Your Lindstrom's, your, your, your Oars, your... 
Forks, your your guys like that. I mean, you look at guys like Chris Pronger and Al McKennis. I mean, they didn't win it back um, to back. And I'm gonna give you a little bit of a hot take. I think Cal McCarr is possibly the best player in the league. And is that one of a kind, once in a generational type talent? How many games has McCarr played, Dan? Look that up. You tell me if you're red you're telling me in any other sport if you're ready to say that. In any other sport, when a player has played that little bit of the start of his career, if you're ready to say a quarterback in the NHL, or wow, quarterback in the NFL, after playing a season or two, you can look at them and say, well, he's the best player in the league. And you let me know if there's any player out there that you can, in your recent history, that you can say that about. I mean... I feel pretty confident over, yeah, the last three seasons. So you think three seasons, in three seasons, you can call him the best player, the best player in the league? I think, yeah, I think he's up there. I mean, the dude's put up 180 points over three seasons as a defenseman. Okay, fair enough. Hey, you know what? Fine. Fine. I mean, if he's not the best player in the league, his teammate probably is. Which one? McKinnon, Landeskog? McKinnon. He did take home a rather large payday. So he we'll did. see I how think that, that goes. I think that's going to hurt the Avalanche. I think he's not playing. I think that's going to hurt him. Well, we shall see. Let's move along with some more award winners. What else you got? I got the Vesna coming up next. This is where I start to start it, to mess up some names. Especially since you, okay, you have Yossi in there, and I think you mean UC Soros, right? Yes, I do mean UC Soros. Yeah, because that's Roman Yossi, his teammate in defense. In in in. Yeah, basketball. I mean Soros. Okay, uh, you're wrong, and it's gonna be Thatcher Demko, and let me tell you why. Once Brudrow took over behind the bench in Vancouver, Vancouver was one of the best teams in the league. And they're only going to benefit from another year behind with a defensive-minded coach in Vancouver. A lot of people are going to be sleeping on the Canucks, man. And Thatcher Demko is going to be a big reason on why they make the playoffs and get past Calgary and go into the second round. Um, It's hard to argue with that because Demko has looked really good. And I, he was actually somebody I was thinking about just looking at stats and the way it played out. I mean, and I, I've, dove into hockey here really really hard the last like week and a half two weeks and kind of got on sarah's nerves a little bit with it how much how i've been just <laughs> kind of watching stuff so um no demko is definitely somebody i was thinking about as well i'll tell you it's what it's hard to argue with that i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a dark horse for this one jake ottinger in dallas he's another one i was thinking about ottinger looks ottinger is yes he is another he is another one i was thinking about all right, let's move along. Let's talk about the Calder Trophy. How do you say his name, Dan? Beniers. Matty Beniers. In Seattle. You're going to go there because somebody has to score the goals there, and why not him? Uh, but Owen Power in Buffalo. He's going to get a lot of ice time. He's a young guy. He's a top pick. It's going to be strong for a team that's going to surprise a lot of people, I'm telling you. I... Owen Power is going to be it, this is this is going to be a very good Calder Trophy race, 100%. This might be one of the best ones that that we see for that we've seen in a while and that we will see for a while. The next two trophies are the Art Ross for the most points in the league and the Rocket Richard for the most goals. And it's interesting that neither of us have the same player for either one. You have Drysital, and originally I had an Oiler here. And I was going to take him, but I thought, eh, Austin Matthews is going to give Mitch Marner. And and um, for the life of me, I still can't think of the guy's name there that's, that they signed away from the Islanders. Um, he's going to pass the puck, I think, a little bit more. Why did you take Dreisaitl? Because he's going to be – he plays on that top power who, – with who he plays with. Playing with Connor McJesus. I think McDavid's going to pass him the puck more than the, the inverse of that, but fair enough. 
Uh, also, you have to. You also have Go to ahead. remember my stipulations that I did for this. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you did take Matthews to win the Rocket Richard. I took Ovechkin. We already kind of discussed that earlier. That I hope you're us- right. I, I hope too. you're right. Uh, that brings us to our final trophy prediction, and that is the President's Trophy, which means that the team that wins the President's Trophy will not be the pick to win the Stanley Cup. You chose Carolina. I want to hear why. I think Carolina takes that leap forward. Uh, I have them at the top of the Metro. I think their goaltending is going to be superb. Some of the moves they made in the offseason as well. Uh, I just, I think Carolina by far is going to be I think that they 110 points or so, maybe more to, to win that. I also think who won it last year? Florida, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. Um, I think Florida is not going to Carolina is going to do what Florida did and they're going to run themselves out. I mean, you got Ahu. I think Ahu takes a big step forward. I think they're, they have the Brett Burns, the best defensive, maybe the best defensive line. That's a bold take. Uh, it's going to be and also the, goaltenders honestly nobody jumped close enough to Colorado nobody came close enough to Colorado to unseed them for anything um they're still they're still the class of the league you know yes Carolina and Tampa and Toronto you know and and Edmonton they're all going to be in that mix but Colorado's still the class of the league if they can keep a dirty player from injuring a Blues goaltender Maybe somebody beats them in the playoffs. It's whatever. I have my own axe to grind with Nazem Kadri, but that's neither here nor there. Since you've been diving so deep into hockey, now there's a general consensus that there's three real dirty players, and you could probably put them on a line. If these three players played together, who gets booed the, the most? Supplemental question. Who's the first one to get stabbed in an opposing arena? If you have Nazem Kadri centering Brad Marchand and Tom Wilson, who gets suspended um, first? Who gets stabbed first? Who gets booed more? If Kadri's playing in the central, he gets booed first and the loudest when he goes to St. Louis. Um, Obviously. I think Marchand gets stabbed first. And Wilson gets suspended first. I mean, who among us hasn't wanted to stab Brad Marchand? I mean, he licked some guy. And he bit some guy. And he spit at some guy. I mean... Nothing was as good as that, um... How about that fight I sent you? (laughs) (laughs) One punch man would be proud. Anyway. Um, so I have all these stats here. Because I pulled up every expansion team... That wasn't one of the original six teams. You ready for this? Because we're going to determine just how bad Seattle was last year in their first year. They finished 27, 49, and 6. 366 point. So that's that's the litmus test. 366. I'm going to write it down right now. 36.6% of the time they got points. Or they got 36.6%. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you that Seattle was abysmal last year. Either way. I'm going to read you some and you're going to be shocked because I know you haven't done a deep dive into this and we're going to get there. The Anaheim Ducks. Now they finished 33, 46 and five. They were good for a 42.3% of the points that they needed to get. They did not make the playoffs their first year. They finished four out of six in the division they were in for the life of me. I can't remember what division that the Pacific division. So they've always been in the Pacific. So there you go. We're going to move along to the San Jose Sharks, who debuted 17, 58, and 5. Good for 39 points, 24.4%. They finished dead last in the Smythe division. So there you go, 24.4%. That's the worst so far. Let's move on to Vancouver. As soon as my internet browser wants to load, thank you, ads. Here we go. Vancouver debuted 70, 71, 24, 46, and 8, 35.9%. So, so far, Seattle's not looking too bad historically when it comes to various other teams. You have the Vegas Golden Knights who finished 51, 24, and 7, 66.5% of their points made it to the Stanley Cup final. So far, that is the class 
of first-year expansion teams. We take a look at the Los Angeles Kings, who debuted in 67-68, 31-33-10, and 10, lost in the quarterfinals. So that would have been, I believe, the first round that year in the West, 48.6%. Now, mind you, in 67-68, all six expansion teams were put in the same division. Somebody had to win that division. And a lot of these guys played against each other. Ten ties. And ties were quite common that season. We take a look at the Edmonton Oilers. Their first season, 28-39-13, They made the playoffs and lost in the first round. Let's move on to the Calgary Flames, who opened their time in Atlanta, 25-38-15. 41.7% of the time, they did not make the playoffs. They finished 7 of 8 in the Western Division. The Arizona Coyotes, who started off as the Winnipeg Jets, 20-49-11, and 11, 31.9% of the points, 5 out of 6 in the Smythe Division. They did not make the playoffs. The Winnipeg Jets, who started as the Atlanta Thrashers, this is a bad one, 14 57 Seven and four, because there was a ties and overtime losses category in 99, 23.8%. I'm going to give you a clue, Dan. They are still not the worst. The Nashville Predators, they started in 98, 99, 28, 47 and seven, 38.4%, narrowly edging, edging Seattle, who has now moved into the bottom half of that bracket. The Dallas Stars started in Minnesota, 27, 32, and 15, 46.6% of the points. They lost in the semifinals, so the that would be the equivalent of the conference finals in the Western Division. They lost to the Blues in 67-68. The St. Louis Blues, my team, lost in the Stanley Cup Finals, four games to none, against the Montreal Canadiens because the Blues, although going to the Stanley Cup Finals their first three years, didn't win a game. They Sounds finished like you're used to that, the teams you cheer for not winning championships. 27, 31, and 16, 47.3% of the points they got. They finished third in the West. The Minnesota Wild opened in 2000, 2001, 25, 39, and 13 and 5, 41.5%. They finished dead last in the Northwest Division, did not make the playoffs. Colorado Avalanche debuted as the Quebec Nordiques in 7980, 25-44-11. 11. 38.1% of the points, they finished dead last in the Adams Division. Let's move along. I have the Montreal Canadiens, which don't matter because they were not an expansion team. The Ottawa Senators, 10, 70, and 4. 10, 70, and 4. Did you catch that? They lost 70 games, Dan. Yeah. 14.3% of the total points they could muster, they got. Of course, they finished dead last in the Adams division. The Detroit Red Wings do not count. The Buffalo Sabres, they opened up in 70, 71, 24, 39, and 15. 40% of the points, they finished 5 of 7, missed the playoffs under Punch um, <laughs> Imlach as their head coach. The Tampa Bay Lightning started in 92-93, 23-54-7, 31.5% of the points they could muster. They finished dead last under Terry Crisp. Then we go to the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers finished 33-34-17, missed the playoffs, despite almost being 500, 49.4% of the total points they could get, they got. The Philadelphia Flyers, who finished at the top of the Western Division, lost in the NHL quarterfinals in their first year, 31-32-11, 49.3 total points in their first year. The New Jersey Devils, who started as the Kansas City Scouts, 15, 54, and 11, 25.6%. They finished last in the Smythe division, did not make the playoffs. The Columbus Blue Jackets, 28, 39, 9, and 6, 43.3%. Did not make the playoffs, dead last in the Central. The New York Islanders, 
They started in 72, 73, 12, 60, and 6. 30 overall points, 19.2%. They are close to last, but not nearly as bad as the Washington Capitals. Take a guess on how bad the Capitals were, Dan. Nine and nine wins, 75. That's very well. They've played 80 games, eight wins, I, I, 67 losses, five ties, 13.1%. That is a record for, for futility. In the NHL, I believe, and I'm going to have to do some checking. That is the worst NHL record of all time. By the way, it took the Capitals. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years to break 500 and to make the playoffs. What year did they come to the league again? 74-75. Yeah, they were bad. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they are 67, 68, 27, 34, and 13. Five out of six in the Western Division. Yes, the Pittsburgh Penguins were in the West. They missed the playoffs, finishing in fifth place. And the last one, the Carolina Hurricanes started as the Hartford Whalers, 27, 39, and 19. 45% of the 45.6% of the overall points they got. They made the playoffs, finishing fourth out of five in the Norris division, but lost in the first round. So there we go. That's that. Dan, we got one more thing we're going to talk about before we leave, and that is going to be our things to watch going into the season. Now we have teams with upsides, teams with downsides, who's the most overrated, who's the most underrated teams, and rookies to watch for. Let's talk about the teams with the biggest upside. I said Buffalo and Detroit. You said Seattle. We kind of already talked about this. I'm telling you what, if you're a fantasy player, you're going to want to look at Tage Thompson. He's got something to prove. He is a good young player who found himself last year in Buffalo, and he's only going to get better. Uh, I mean, I also would throw the Kings in there. Um, I know you're not high on Jonathan Quick for some reason, but give give him the benefit of the doubt to prove himself. But uh, also just Seattle, I mean, they can only go up from here. The, I like the way they retooled. I like the young players they got. Um, we'll talk about two of these guys. One we already talked about, Matty Beneers, and the other one, Shane Wright, the fourth overall draft pick. Look, has looked really good on ice through training camp and the one game he's played so far in the preseason. So One game does not a career make, unless you're Matt Flynn. Um, teams that are going to fall the hardest. And that's the second time I've talked about Matt Flynn tonight. I had the conversation with somebody else about him. And I, I drew a comparison to him and Cooper Rush about how one game or a few games is not something to be excited enough to pay a quarterback that big money. But that's that's a different story for a different time. If you're a fan of Chicago, Pittsburgh or Boston. Chicago, you're already in free fall. Pittsburgh and Boston. Enjoy it. As somebody who's watching a team with three very good players make their last hurrah and take their victory lap around the league, Pittsburgh, Boston, you're next. Um, I can't argue. Like, so my teams at the hardest fall would have been would have been two of those three, Pittsburgh and Boston. So I don't really have much to add on that front. Um, who's the who's your third one? It was just those two. Fair enough. Uh, most overrated team in the league. What do you think? We agree on this one, too. I mean, That's look at where I have them in my standings and look at where you have them and then look at how. And your reasoning is a good one. And on top of that, they can't break out of what, the first round? Look. Yes. In fact. Oh, we're talking about thanks, Toronto. Thanks to. Zidane Ochara finally retiring. There isn't an NHL player who's currently in the league that has lost a playoff series to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, they can't get out. John Tavares. And, okay, so that was the name I've been trying to think of. Uh, They got, there's some money tied up in Toronto. Uh, Among yeah. Morgan Riley, Mitch Marner, who are both 
making eight mil a year, and then John Tavares and Austin Matthews who are making just under eight mil a year, which that is not right at all. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's bad. It's real bad. It's very bad for them, and it doesn't appear to be getting any better either. Okay, to be honest. So the cap hits this year. Austin Matthews, eleven million six hundred forty thousand two hundred fifty American dollars. John Tavares, eleven million dollars and a no movement clause. Mitch Marner, ten million nine hundred three thousand against the cap. Now, mind you, out of those three, only Tavares has a no movement clause. So if Toronto wants, they could trade Austin Matthews for an entire franchise. Which they won't, but which they, they could. won't. They Matthews has five years left. Tavares has seven years left. Marner has six years left. Morgan Riley has eight years left, earning seven point five mil against the cap. William Nylander has six years left, earning just under seven million dollars against the cap. And they have Matt Murray, who has a modified no movement clause, earning six point two five as their starting goaltender this year. Whew. It's a lot of top end talent. They have what two years left? I would say their window is two years. I'm saying no, I'm saying I, with 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 the numbers with the cap. No, I would say they they have a they have a solid. If with those six in place, I would say their their window's nowhere close to closing, but it's not sure. And you, when you have all of that money tied up. Well, that's I, what I mean. Are you going to be able to afford it? Are you going to be able to afford to keep them around? I mean. That's why I'm saying their window. Who's going to take those contracts? Uh, most underrated. I have the Ottawa Senators. I think they are going to take a huge step forward. You can add Buffalo in there. You can add Detroit in there. Because of that youth movement, the, the Atlantic Division is going to be seeing once Boston decides to put their guys up and out to pasture. Uh, who do you have as your most underrated team, Dan? Columbus. I think Columbus is an extremely underrated team. We've talked about this personally, me and you. Uh, I think they take leaps and bounds above what people are expecting them to do, and they make the playoffs. Fair enough. Now, we talked about our Calder Trophy winners in veneers and power, but two goaltenders are going to be rookies to watch Logan Thompson in Vegas. As he looks to be playing major minutes between the pipes. And you said Shane Wright in Seattle. Yes. And Shane Wright is a forward center. He's on this team, eh, whatever, but he's fourth overall pick. Um, a lot of people were surprised that Seattle got him where they got him. And, they got to make a decision because he's 19, so he can't go to the AHL. Fair enough. I mean, there's the ECHL, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, one last thing that we promised. It'll be our Stanley Cup matchup. Dan, give me your two teams and give me your winner. Who's going to win the East? It's going to be the Carolina Hurricanes. And who's winning the West? Actually, I lied. It's going to be the Florida Panthers. Um, and it's going to be over in the West. Pick it's, Calgary, you coward. It's, it's going to be Edmonton. Oh, come on. You don't think the NHL is going to want that storyline of the trade coming back against itself? Huh. Um, I have to be the I have to be I have to be the homer pick here. Yeah. You know, the Blues are going to win the West. The Rangers are going to win the East. And the Blues are going to win the Cup. It's actually funny. We neither one of us. Well, I didn't pick Shostakin for obvious reasons because of the stipulations I gave myself. But I was surprised that you didn't pick him. And we didn't really cover the Rangers much. But I think the Rangers. Oh, the Rangers are a solid. They're they're the best team in the East. I see. I mean, I don't. I'm excited for this because I don't think they are anymore. I think Shisterkin has to have some regression. Well, we're gonna see, we're gonna see some good playoff matchups because you're gonna see the Rangers beat Boston, you're gonna see the Rangers beat Washington, and then you're gonna see the Rangers beat Tampa. You know, it's quite interesting. There have been some people that doesn't even that didn't even have the Caps making the playoffs, which to me sounded outlandish. And then you're going to have the, the Blues and the Stars. They always play good in the playoffs. 
That's going to be another classic. But the Blues are going to win there. Then they're going to beat Colorado, which they should have last year if it wasn't for Nazem. I'm not. I'm not. Anyway, it'll be the Blues and the Rangers. Dan, do you have anything else to add to this one? Nope. I think we can close the book on this one and we will do this again i don't know when but this is something that i'm looking forward something i'm looking forward to we'll do it again in december hey if our football team if our football teams blow up and fall to the floor i'll just say forget the nfl and we'll just cover nhl specifically the browns are gonna win the super bowl what are you talking about anyway That is going to put an end to our NHL preview for the 2022-23 season. Hope you all enjoyed. And as always, thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players who be named later who can make it better. See ya!